Tommy. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> you better hold on to something. Makes you feel all right. Yeah, man. Yellow with the B-side there. Good stuff. Wow. Yeah, a little lesser known. Great tune, though. He always just brings the rock. You know, yeah. it's, it's based in the blues, so you can't go wrong. But ever since you told me about the whole Beatles thing, now I can't get it out of my head. It's just like a better Beatles. It's a little more refined, you know, when it comes to the Beatles. The reason the Beatles work so well, you had the Lennon and the McCartney, they balanced each other out. Go listen to solo McCartney. That's, that's a little poppy. It's a little kind of goofy, actually, almost like circus music. You go listen to John Lennon. He's imagining stuff, and he's all about the hope and the, the peace Jack, and the... You know, the worst song ever <laughs> given to mankind was fucking Imagine. Go fuck he's yourself. He's imagining things and sleeping in the bed with the Asian chick and doing the nude uh, photos. You know, so like, and then even George Harrison, like, you know, he's got a few good jam- jams there on his solo stuff, but, you know, he's a little kind of sleepy. Right? Yeah. And then Ringo, I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard a Ringo Starr song. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, he has that one good one. He's got the one good one? one. I'm sure it's produced by Jeff Lynn. I'll play it on the next show. Isn't that the photograph? Yeah, it's, yeah I think it is. Yeah, we have Something j- about a photograph yes, or we've, something? We've listened Kodachrome. to it before. Yeah, it's all, uh, <laughs> Kodak- Kodachrome is the great Paul Simon. Oh, my That's God. We could too. do a full month on Paul, on Paul Simon. Honestly. Yeah, he probably could, huh? Oh, I'm a huge fan of Mr. Paul Simon. I actually, one of the first, like, newly printed LPs, vinyls that I bought was a reprinting of Graceland. I absolutely love Graceland. It is just such a fun album. What's that got on it? It has uh, Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes. Never heard of it. Yeah, you know, I I don't think you'll be into Graceland. Yeah. <laughs> it has. Like how you stopped at one song. <laughs> well, I, I stopped there because I I realized you know, I realized who I was talking to. I like it. All right. You would recognize several jams. The, my favorite part about the Graceland is when he went to record or before he did so. Paul Simon like met up with the. Uh, the African Mambazo band. They're, they're like the, uh, <laughs> this vocal group of Africans. <laughs> mm. And okay. he, uh, they're, they're a major part of his album, uh, Graceland. And it's, you know, very, uh, it was a very hip thing, I think, back in the uh, 80s. You know, we were mixing cultures. I know it's hard to believe now. You know, like 30, 40 years ago, we were cool with mixing cultures, and it wasn't called appropriation. It was just, yeah, no. <laughs> it was just called a cool album. Did you hear that cool sound we haven't heard of before? It's, yeah, they're yeah. Africans. <laughs> it is crazy that now they're trying to like separate by race. Well, um, I read today an interview in NPR with Andre 3000, famous from the group Outkast, one of the greatest rap duos of all time i think they're the highest selling uh, rap duos of all time and andre 3000 has been very absent from the limelight and uh social media and pop culture and i i don't think he's released music in something like 15 years and he just released an album where it's coming out on friday 
where he isn't rapping at all and he's playing flutes, <laughs> various flutes from around the world. And he has like learned. Does Lizzo make an appearance? No Lizzo. I think there's no uh, Lizzo. Man, how are you going to do a flute and not bring on Lizzo? Well, it's not a visual piece, so he doesn't need any ass shaking or twerking <laughs> or whatever Lizzo actually does, right? Uh, yeah, but still, she's a flutist. Uh, isn't it flautist? <laughs> not if you're straight. <laughs> That's right. Where's Macron? <laughs> uh-huh, oui, oui. Where's my croissant? Yeah. I don't speak fag. I mean French. That's right. Yes, I was waiting for it. I knew it was going to be in there uh, somewhere, man. <laughs> Yeah, dude, so Andre 3000 has a new album, no hip-hop, no rap, and he's flouting. (laughs) 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 Yes, I read a whole freaking interview with him, man. It's crazy. So that's Uh, one of the main guys of OutKast. He's got a a flouting album that's coming out. I hope he's not in it for the money. I am hoping he just kind of at some point brings back some Jethro Tull on some level. I love the oh, Jethro Tull. Probably the greatest flautist. Hey, look at you, one of those Frenchmen. All right. Hey, hey. <laughs> glad you used that F word. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'll give it for Jethro Tull. That's a flautist. Ian, flautist Ian, doesn't sound right. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I might be wrong. Uh, I don't know. A, a flutist? I think it's flautist, and it sounds weird, but not as hilarious as pianist. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you want to be a flautist, not the loudest. All right? It's a symphony. Ian Anderson is the man behind the flute in Jethro Tull, and he is a masterful performer. <laughs> is there a more iconic flute? No. I can't no, think right? of a single flute in all of time, past, present, or future that will ever outdo Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. That's why Lizzo has to just pack it away and just continue with the, you know, I'm going to impersonate Tina Turner and wear tight well, thongs and booty shake. Good call. But it's only in that one song with Jethro Tull, right? Or no, he's in all of them? Who, Ian Anderson? With the flute. It's every... Well, he he's he is Jethro Tull. I mean, it's a band, but like he, he is like the main writer and singer, and I believe, and does the flouting and fluting. And every song... I actually just realized I only know one Jethro Tull. I, I was figuring that in the moment. I, I yeah. personally am a fan of the Jethro Tull. <laughs> Huge fan. So, uh, you know, I, I love a lot of their tunes, and I mean, he, you know... They crush yeah, it. Bungle in the jungle is the only one I know. I'm blown away. That's the one. Like not locomotive breath. I can't even believe that. What's that one? Well, you'd recognize it if you heard it. Uh, uh, but you know, Bongo in the jungle. That's right. Yeah, you get that Come on, bungle. that's such a good song. It is, dude. Jethro Tull had some rockers, man. And what's crazy is the guy at the front of the stage is just jamming on a flute. Think about that, 1974, we're singing about that jungle fever, you know what I'm saying? Dude, absolutely. Bungling in the jungle, uh, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Well, so you're not bungling in the jungle with a white girl, you know what I'm saying? And this guy was in the... That's right. The, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> he, he was the Bill Maher of his day. <laughs> you're psycho. <laughs> I was going to say Bill Maher music. <laughs> Do you think you're like a young black girl? You go to Bill Maher's house, and that's the first song he puts on. 
do you like Jethro Tull? And he just jungle the Jungle, there. followed by Brown Sugar, Rolling Stones. <laughs> hey, man, Mick. Not that I think about it, man. These guys were all singing about fucking black chicks in the 80s and 70s. Because they were enjoying themselves and having a great time doing it, man. And I'm sure it was a wonderful experience for these guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, also, also too, you're talking about a time and a bunch of fellas hanging out at home in their tiny shack somewhere in England or whatever, and they're, like, writing their tunes together, and then one day they, like, get on the road, and they're just having all these women of all different types throw themselves <laughs> at you, at them, you know? I mean, they, they probably just, they're like, yeah, I want to do them all. You oh, know? why not? Why yeah. wouldn't you? And this is before, they, you know, there was no cell phones, no internet, no porn. Like, they, they didn't have any access to that stuff before, so you're just seeing it for the first time in the flesh. Yeah. Oh, good call. Good call. It's like a mysterious. So nobody ever told you about having sex uh, with a black woman and Mick Jagger's on the road and he's famous and he bangs this black chick. And he's like, brown sugar. Brown sugar. I didn't know that ass could move. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is in another universe, man. They're bigger and they can move. These asses are incredible. <laughs> Oh, dude, Thick as a Brick. That's a good song. I know that one. So Brown Sugar actually is a kind of twisted tune if you really pay attention to the lyrics. It's actually about slave owners and using the women for their sex objects. Yeah, that's figure that's why you would buy them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're 5'4", 100 pounds. I'm not asking you to go pick fields. But hey, know? Gen Z, Woke World... Wake up a little bit. Mick Jagger was singing about brown sugar and the atrocities of slavery in 1976. All right, and he's and he's British. They might have still ha- he might have had a black slave while he wrote that song. That's right. <laughs> I, I swear to God, the British ended slave their slavery like four years ago. <laughs> I love how we get all the crap. I know, man. You're yeah. not kidding. The British like loved slavery way longer than America utilized it. They even went kicking and screaming, dude. It was like 60s, 70s. They're like, fine, we'll stop enslaving the blacks, but we're keeping our Indians. Dude, the French, <laughs> the French were guillotining people in the 70s. Oh, I know. I know. Did you see that the last guillotine came out after, what was it, Dark Side of the Moon? I'm pretty sure, like, the second Star Wars was out, and they were still chopping people's heads off still in France. guillotine, yes! That's crazy, yes, dude. dude. Time is weird, man. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did you ever see that thing about Oxford? So, it, it, yes, Oxford was around, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of the, uh, like, the apex of the uh, Aztec Empire. No. No, no. Okay, I'm off. Ox- Oxford has been around for the entire Aztec span, plus up till now. Was Oxford around um, when we had the Egyptian thing going on, or no? No. No, but it was around so long that like the Aztecs formed and disappeared, with, and Oxford's been around. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. So there's got to be some weird stuff going on at Oxford. It's pretty fucking old. They probably have like some rooms... With some, like, ancient, weird, dusty books that, like, only a hundred people have seen. Oh, God, yeah. So, 
Okay, the exact date is not known, <laughs> but uh, apparently on that site, there's evidence of teaching dating back to 1096. Oh, that's so... That's, that's a cult right there. Yeah. You know that that is a cult, Satanist, Saturn-worshipping, crazy shit, man. I'm telling you right now. So that's what it was. The Aztec um, Empire didn't start until the early 1400s. All right. Wow. And uh, the school was formally incorporated in 1231. That's so crazy. That's 800 years ago. And then, you know, and the fact that we know it, we've got this like documentation at that point where, you know, keeping records that are detailed. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, it's crazy that. We only have about that many years worth of actual detailed history, if you know what I'm saying. Like it feels like a lot of our history when you get towards the that zero point where we switch over from BC to AD, you know, like uh, everything seems to disappear because of what the fire in e- Alexandria, Alexandria <clears throat> and there seems to be some element of the Vatican hoarding a lot of info that they don't want people to know about. Well, it's really crazy to look, like, I'm really looking at this, like, 1,200, 800 years ago. Like, legitimately, everybody who got a degree from this prestigious university in the 1,200s, everything they learned was wrong. We now know that. Wow. (laughs) You think about that. So It's like 800 years for your prestigious degree to be... 100% 100% wrong. I could, I mean, look about astronomy, physics. Physics didn't even really exist back then. I mean, you had Newtonian physics, but quantum physics wasn't even thought of. It's amazing because it took me 80 seconds to know Fauci was wrong about the masks. I knew him <laughs> 80 seconds. I was like, wait, let me think about it. I'll give it an extra uh, 30. Uh, no, he's wrong. But how many years before we look at Dr. Fauci's degrees and realize everything he learned was wrong? <laughs> What about all yeah. the science? I think about all the crap now. Ever since COVID was the biggest red pill, man, I'm telling you, because it yeah. really, I was a conspiracy theorist before it, but it, it's not about conspiracy theory anymore. It's more about what are these lies truly, man? What have <sighs> we been lied to about everything? And then let's, if we're fortunate yeah. enough to be around as a species 100 years from now, how will we mock the fools of our era who are the highest of our intelligentsia? Dude, I'll never forget our mom, the way she just looked at me in front of everybody, and everybody just looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. And she just, she was speaking for the whole crowd. They all just looked at me and she said, you mean to tell us, all of the scientists, all of the doctors, (laughs) all of the politicians, and all of the media, are all lying. And it turned out, yes. <laughs> yeah, as, as, uh, as much as it's hard for me to believe, yes, that actually turned out to be true. They were lying. And you said, all everyone, welcome to Frank's mind. All right? <laughs> yes, they are all in cahoots. They work together. It's called lockstep, and they all lied to everybody. 
the problem was back then we didn't know, but now you look back and it's like everything has slow and we talked about how this would happen. It was a slow trickle of information. All the data coming out about how uh you know uh Twitter and, and YouTube and all of them were working with the government. It was just a slow release of all this information. Right. Now you have Elon admitting on these podcasts, like, yes, when we took over Twitter, it became very obvious the government was working with Twitter to censor anybody who was dissenting against what the narrative was. Frank, he literally fired 80% of the staff because he no longer needed them because they were no longer a mouthpiece for the fucking Democrat. And he probably couldn't say it out loud, but they were probably all fucking three-letter agency people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure Ray Epps was in there. (laughs) Yes, he was. That filthy bastard. So, uh, you know... It's interesting because COVID's been top of mind for us quite a bit these days, and uh, the media did work lockstep with the government and Big Pharma to sell the narrative of COVID start to finish from the virus itself, the lab, all the way to the vaccine program. And I got to say, I'm on his team. I'm as hungry as you are, folks. Vivek. Ram a shawarma ding dong. This guy is just rocking the world right now. He paid a visit to your favorite show, Mike. The Cuomo Bromo show. Mike. Oh, dude. Yes, so dude. dude this <laughs> Cuomo. I have never met a guy that I've never met him. I've never heard a guy who loves himself. <laughs> Did he more than Cuomo? He quadrupled in size. Like he's hulking. He, he he's on too many steroids, man. I'm telling you right You gotta listen to his walk and talks on his podcast. (laughs) It's amazing that you know what it is. It's (laughs) it's literally him. He does it like once a week. He goes on a walk and he talks. And it's just his his expressions. Dude, it is so ridiculous. It's the most unbelievable. The most unbelievable thing about those shows is I can't believe you're putting this out there thinking people want to listen to this. He must have a following or not. Uh, so he had to bring on Vivek, Ramad Lama Ding Dong. And Vivek laid it out to Cuomo in the most uncomfortable way for Cuomo. He couldn't handle it. He just he just Hulk broed through it at towards the end. You're going to love it. Uh, it's, but I personally love having somebody like this guy, Vivek, going on not only the debate stage and saying what we're all thinking to a national audience, but then going onto these shows and telling Cuomo this piece of trash who sold this bullshit COVID narrative, I'll never forget Cuomo and Cuomo with the giant freaking oh, giant Q-tip, the hardy fucking har. You assholes are mouthpieces for the government, and you're selling these lockdowns. I, I, my well, bl- thousands of elderly were dying in nursing homes because my, of him. My blood still boils to this day because of these assholes, and so it feels good to have a guy like Vivek go on to this asshole show and tell him a piece of everyone's mind. Why do you keep going at Nikki Haley? Why do you think this is going to bear fruit? Chris, I don't know what you've been smoking, man. You and the rest of the mainstream media, it's laughable. Nikki Haley's been going after me the whole campaign 
First debate, second debate. You know, she's been trailing me for much of the time, but I realize the establishment media has realized that there's a puppet there. Right now, uh, Cuomo's doing that, like, what, what face? You know, he's, like, scrunching <laughs> up, like, what? Like, he's totally offended that Vivek labeled him as, like, the mainstream media. He, he's losing his mind. Trailing me for much of the time, but I realize the establishment media has realized that there's a puppet they want to put up. I'm not playing that game. The grassroots of this country know they want a leader who isn't going to send us our sons and daughters to go die in foreign wars that racked up $7 trillion in debt. Dick Cheney 2.0 yeah. taken over the GOP. Problem is the Democratic establishment media is now rooting for war, too. I'm the only candidate speaking for a true America first agenda on that debate stage, and I think we're going to be successful. Vivek, how are you going to bring people together when you just uh, put yeah. together a tapestry of conspiracies? You know that I'm not pitching anything about Nikki what, Haley. What are you she talking, won't even come I mean, on my it, show. There's no tapestry. She won't even come on there's my no show. There's no tapestry of conspiracies. About, I'm sure she doesn't. Hold on a second. I let you I let you put it out there. And now, you know, I get to finish smoking and uh, now I get to answer, which is, um, oh, my God, Chris Cuomo. I can't handle this guy. Dude. He tries so, so hard to be that like he wants cool to be, guy, he's, you know, oh, he's he's the most frustrated dude to like probably ever get into a conflict with at a bar. You know what I mean? Like, you could just feel this guy's energy. It's intense. Conflict at a bar. You get a conflict with this guy. It's three hours of chest bumping. <laughs> but he's he's chest he's chest bumping you and then telling you to calm down. That's what yeah, he's calm down, bro. Calm down, bro. Not here, bro. <laughs> Take it easy, bro. He's smoking, man. Finish smoking, and uh, now I get to answer, <laughs> which is... Um, oh, this is what the media is doing, is putting up Nikki Haley against me because the they know I'm doing. the real they, deal. Picked, please. She hasn't even been the, on my show. Chris, I'm just please. watching you get you know slapped what? I, around I call by her, Kristen and I'm Welker. wondering what I, your strategy you know, is. The fact of the matter is, Chris, that my strategy is calling out the mainstream media like I did to Kristen Welker at the start of that debate. I asked her about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, told her to look the audience in the eye and apologize to them. Just like I'll tell you, you're part of the mainstream media despite pretending like you're not. Look the audience in the eye oh. and tell Cuomo meltdown in three, <laughs> two, one. Part of the mainstream media. Brother. For all that happened. I'm part Absolutely of the mainstream media. And you, and you, and you, hey, listen. And you play the listen, same you games that the you, rest of the mainstream media does. You don't want to take care of You're your family? You're doing it tonight. That's fine. You're, you've been, Vivek, you have been, you have been covering for your you brother. Think, you have been playing you, a game. You were kicked off air from my brother. Of course I helped my brother. Yeah. Of course I do. And you know what? That's been journalistic standards that have now been failed, not just by you, but by every member of the broken political media. So yes, it is going to so take an everyone outsider in the media, and you want to look everyone at everyone in the media well, is responsible for covering for my brother. See what I'm saying? You, you miss these guys, man. They can't stop. Yes, it is going to so take an outsider so in the media. The best part was Vivek said, like it's an example of like what's wrong with the media, and then Chris Cuomo just took it as what everybody. Everybody help my brother! <laughs> you say everybody did that with my brother? <laughs> he's, he's just... Uh, he's so, he, he does the whole Italian brother thing. He, like, I, <laughs> of course I help my brother. It's my brother. It's family. <laughs> Familia. <laughs> Fredo, man. Just calm down, dude. <laughs> calm, <laughs> calm down, Fredo. Seriously. Somebody give this guy like a chew bar or something. I don't know. He's fucking losing mind. But by every member of the broken political media. So yes, it is going to so take an outsider to call it out. everyone in the media? And you want to look everyone at- Everyone in the media well, most is the responsible for covering uh, for my brother? 
See what I'm saying? Ninety percent. You, you miss ninety percent of the media the is colluding by with going respect too to broad. pushing one <laughs> one answer Vivek. on the American public for the origin of COVID nineteen, which is what? to the Hunter Biden laptop story, what to now which people they decide they want to put up as their puppets what to take on Donald Trump. What does any of that have to do? Fact of the matter. Look. All right, that uh, was so funny. That was a uh, literally. I think that was thirty seconds of these two yelling over each other. <laughs> One of them is so dumb. Check out the video if you have the time. Chris Cuomo gets so red in the face, he almost jumps through the camera <laughs> to choke Vivek. You, Frank, that's because he helped his brother. Why wouldn't he help his brother, Frank? <laughs> Towards the end, he's calling him Vivek. I don't know if you got that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I did get that. Vivek. He's so pissed off. He like, hey, doesn't, can't control his vowels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were about 30 seconds from him calling him the n-word they had to cut that interview short i swear to god i swear to god the words he kept using were getting worse and worse <laughs> listen here you dothead i mean uh... Uh, dude, this is so good so cuomo apparently like i didn't really realize this but he's on news nation is that or Newsmax? Is it Newsmax? Newsmax, Newsmax yeah. yeah. So Newsmax, I went perusing my cable box, trying to locate the Newsmax. It's like up in the like the twelve hundreds. Oh, away you can't from find it. Yeah, no, you gotta ask Nona. She's the only one I know that knows. like her and all the old ladies are the only ones I know. That they buried know Newsmax. Doing. It's so hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. But Vivek, I love it. Calling out Cuomo, who, uh, in my opinion. Because for me, he was just the face of CNN promoting this stuff over and over again insofar as he was the first guy who did the, we're do, I'm doing the show from home, from his basement. Remember that? Yeah, yeah dude, uh, he was the face, him and his brother. Yes, it was. It was, it was like the daily tune. Yes. He tuned in nightly to see what's going on in New York. And he would have, you know, it, it's so sick. So disgusting. They had the tally marks of the deaths, and then they'd bring on Fauci, and it was just Raquel Walensky, and then you just, it was the same same thing over and over again. It was, was, Uh, you know, I just get PTSD just thinking about it now. They all caused so much more damage than the virus itself. That's the worst part. The absolute worst part. And so I just uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Vivek. I, I'm glad we got a guy out there who's in our age group saying what we're all thinking out on the public sphere that he's created for himself. It's nice to have. And I'm sure yeah, he'll I be hope, destroyed by the I, FBI at some point. <laughs> I hope he gets that VP spot. <laughs> With Trump? Trump Vivek, man. That'd be funny. Is that what he's gunning for? I think it's going to be Trump Haley, man. I don't know, man. Vivek's been kissing his ass. I don't know. Is Haley the... Did she serve any service? No, or is she just like an actress? She was uh, something under Trump. She was like the ambassador to the U.S. Oh, I know she was ambassador, but I'm wondering if she has any like military or naval service or anything, or is she just oh, like... Oh, no. Not at all, right? No. Yeah. Maybe no. All right, I thought maybe, but felt like uh, Trump already. He probably doesn't need to go that angle. He he's got a lot of fans in the military, right? 
Or at least yeah, he, they love him for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the only guy who didn't start any wars. You know? Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, there's a lot of people out there who don't love Trump. And I have a little bit of a morning Joe for us that blew my mind when I checked it out. <clears throat> uh, morning Joe, I not only took a snippet of it, but Morning Joe had a... And i got to count it right in my head. It was an eight-person panel, so they had I'm not kidding. So they had, only got three minutes in between commercials. It was, it was so absolutely you all get twenty seconds. Completely insane. They had uh, Mika in one box, then they had Joe, who are sitting next to each other, but they they get their own box, right? And oh, then to the right of them, they had the other MSNBC version of Morning Joe in their own box together, right? Two hosts. And then underneath them, the four of them, they had six other, no, they had four other hosts or uh, anchors or whoever they were going to give opinions on the Trump's trial today, I guess, or whatever was going on. Which one? Like, I don't know. No, I, I, I didn't. Today? I just said it vaguely because I have no idea. That's the point. But my point being is, there were so many human beings being paid six figures to just stare at the <laughs> fucking camera and listen to the other jackass talk for three minutes. It was, it was the most r- retarded thing ever, <clears throat> and I got the best part of it. I got the best jackass from the best tile. And this guy, uh, you often actually, Mike, tell me that I don't really quite understand or grasp truly what a lot of the people on the left are thinking, a lot of the viewers of these shows and the people who sit at home and watch, you know, the late night Dave Muir and all that stuff. Like, I don't really, I'm not tuned in as much as I could be into how they view Donald Trump, which is why I don't understand what's going on politically. And to you, sir, I say you are correct, and I have (laughs) found the very proof. I hope you are all prepared for the craziest shit you've ever heard in your life. Uh, poor, poor old guys having. Yeah, I mean, there have been a series of gaps, but I think it's a mistake to focus on the gaps. I think we ought to focus on what he is telling us he intends to do. I mean, to, 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 to Jim's point, um, on, on a daily basis, Donald Trump is laying out what Trump two, what Trump 2.0 would be. And, and, and his praise of Orban, I mean, he may have gotten the presidents wrong, but the the significance of that is not the gap. It's it's really his admiration, his deep admiration, his ongoing admiration for the world's authoritarian thugs, his admiration for Chairman Mao, his, his admiration for President Xi and Vladimir Putin, his intent to uh, turn the government into a an, uh, weapon of revenge and retribution. Uh, the the plans, the detailed plans for massive deportations and concentration camps. I mean, this is one of those what? moments where we have to distinguish between the white noise and the blinking red flares that are going up every time this man speaks. Mm-hmm. So uh, Donald Trump is, in fact, I mean, we can regard him as the orange clown, but he's deadly serious here. I mean, a clown with a yeah. flamethrower still has a flamethrower. Clown with God. a flamethrower. Oh, that, dude. <laughs> that guy literally said concentration camps. He, he said concentration he camps. Said, he said concentration camps, man. Trump was building him. concentration camps? <laughs> when? Where? This is crazy. 
This is wild stuff. As the orange clown, but he's deadly serious here. I mean, a clown with a yeah. flamethrower still has a flamethrower. And Donald Trump is escalating his rhetoric on a regular basis. You would think that having wrapped up the nomination, he might try to be a little bit more reasonable, move toward the center. In fact, what he's saying is, no, what I, what I really want to do is, you know, I am an authoritarian. I am a, an election denier. And this is what I plan to do to the federal government, to the constitutional norms. And I think we need to take him deadly seriously. About Absolutely. That. And I mean, we've already seen. Absolutely. Oh, like, you have no pushback, no pushback to anything that guy just said. That was some just of the most. Absolute- <laughs> a straight absolutely that was some of the most extreme shit i've ever heard anyone say about anybody about the guy said the guy literally said he's building concentration camps. no <laughs> as, pushback as we speak around mar-a-lago you know just like off the off to the side of the 18th hole you know he's, uh, uh, <laughs> put a do you not realize the only camps being built right now are in democratic cities for the migrants Oh, dude, you are right on the ball, and I actually didn't clip it, but they're literally building a tent city concentration camp in New York, and nobody wants to go to it. Ah, that concentration camp. It's just a camp where we can concentrate the migrants. Where's my George oh. Takai at? I need a little George Takai <laughs> input here, man. Yeah, I got to tell you, man, it's been getting cold at night around here, dude, and I love driving by these... uh encampments outside the police departments with all the migrants oh yeah frank it was a fucking summer of love they were they were setting up tents they were having fun every time you drove by the kids are playing with toys it looked like a great time now it's cold that's right <laughs> looks a little rough chicago you know? cold well that means they're just gonna come out here to colorado where no matter how much they try to come trail which they keep doing it we've been having spectacular warm fall weather it's been lovely so i'm sure more migrants are showing up and telling their migrant friends because they all weirdly have cell phones and and, you know like debit cards yeah it's crazy so well i love it because our slogan should be we're a sanctuary city but our weather is not you know right good weather doesn't care same with denver and colorado as a whole it gets brutally cold here for a couple months so people are in for a shocker especially if they're out on the street. Uh, you know, we're, we have our mayor here. He's doing his 100-day battle to house a 1,000 homeless people. Mike, I'm going to say, not doing too hot. <laughs> He's running. You're going to stop hearing about it around day 87. Dude, you can't house a 1,000 homeless people when 80% of them are drug addicts. Yeah. What about the single mom? <laughs> it doesn't it just doesn't equate to a thousand. I think that's the point. Like most of these homeless people have mental problems and they're drug addicts, and you know they got to put them somewhere where they get some help, man. You know it doesn't make sense what they're doing. And then the other, the rest of it is migrants, as I described uh, not too long ago about going through the local Home Depot in the south side of Denver. Uh, just a completely filled with migrants the entire ride down the winding road in there and then they're all just roaming the parking lot either getting a job or stealing tools from the trucks well it's a great scam yeah it's a great scam great scam man that that clip really did you're right that nailed it that's i i I try to tell you that's how these people talk about i wanted to give you credit because i often (laughs) uh you know kind of go off on tangents where I believe 
mostly because there's is a lot of purple here in Colorado, and so I don't really, I'm not really exposed to the extremes of the left uh, idealism, you know, because I'm not in Boulder. But you know, when you're in like a place like Chicago, I'm thinking maybe it's a lot more blue. And if you're around people like that all the time, you know, the rhetoric that they're using, or maybe even, and this is what I was thinking. I understand now why people almost fear Trump on some existential level because they're being brainwashed daily to think that this guy is going to put them in concentration camps. He's an authoritarian, Frank. You heard he loves Mao. I know. This guy loves Mao and wants to build concentration camps. Of course, (laughs) you should be scared of this guy. He said he loved Mao. (laughs) Mao. Mao, man. (laughs) <laughs> he idolizes men like mao and stalin and i, I do got to give this guy credit he did not say hitler i know he wanted to so he wanted bad. to submit the concentration camps the mao <laughs> stalin concentration camps dude. is great is great and you, if it was a real reporter in there they would have been like you mean like the camps they built in australia <laughs> for the people who are quarantining for COVID? <laughs> well, we got to put one in a cage. It's either Hamas or... <laughs> <laughs> I want to put those Jews in a cage, you know? Oh, my God. That's right. You got to go with the Not Hamas. Good. Oh, my God. No, it's wild stuff. I just... I, again, I thought that I do dip in quite a bit into that media he, realm. And he he and brought just... us the Abraham Accord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he literally, that must be the most peaceful presidency of our lifetime. And he is Hitler 2.0. Well, and when it comes to lockdowns, concentration camps, you know, the lead into concentration camps typically is showing your papers. And we were in a society brought upon by Joe Biden and the Democrats of show your papers. And so in a lot of people's minds, no matter how much the legacy media wants to spin it, for many of us, show your papers was the slippery slope to concentration camp. And we felt that if we didn't get your poison vaccine, your experimental gene therapy, that we would be next in line to those concentration camps. No, there's a reason they have to keep pushing the narrative of Trump as Hitler, because the closest we ever came to fascism in America was the Democratic Party during COVID. Absolutely. That is the closest we have ever come to fascism. Yeah, never forget, man. Never forget. Had nothing, you know, fascism in America had nothing to do with Trump. That guy's not taking over democracy, you know? Sure, and I do think the machine had a grasp on him, you know, and he is a part of it as well. I've seen a lot of stuff out there, dude. You know, he there's a lot of Masonic kind of imagery with Trump. He may be in this, like, elite group, and I almost think you probably have to be a part of the Illuminati to be in the presidency, right? Yeah, like, I think it's even if that's why they do that period between the election and the inauguration. Even if you're not in these clubs, now you got to get in. Now you're in. Prepare for the jizz bath, right? Just like the, the Bush. You got to eat the waffle. Just like yeah, the Bush. <laughs> just like the Bush brothers. 
You're going to have to eat that waffle and take it in the ass by Jeb. living in dark times which is why it's probably more important than ever to start i think maybe uh looking up to the skies maybe uh looking to the these uh spiritual books uh believing in a little god once in a while and why do i say that well i'm only saying it because you could end up like megan rapineau and this is a long one although i'm i'm gonna get the- it's a little tough but i think you can make it out and rogers treatment whatever that is um, so I'm going to be calling him or whoever did his surgery because we need to speed this up. But yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there wasn't God, like this is proof that there isn't. This is <laughs> up. All right. So Megan Rabineau right there is in an interview saying uh, this is proof there isn't a God. And I don't know if you're up to date with Megan Rapinoe, but in her last game of her career, uh, about six minutes into it, she tore her Achilles tendon. And so she's saying that that is proof that there is no God. Is <laughs> something to do with the fact that you're an old cunt who should have left the field a long time ago? It's kind of weird uh, that Aaron Rodgers did the I whole... That's my first thought. Yeah. And she mentions Rodgers in there about how she's going to get the same treatment that he got. He is slated to return to NFL action mid-December. Uh, it like makes my my Achilles tendon hurt just thinking about it. But he's probably gonna rupture his whole leg, right? It's just gonna explode off that, his body. The- <laughs> 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 no, no, literally, anybody who's ever welded, you you know, you fix something, and now that spot is the strongest. It's just gonna break three inches down the line. <laughs> Achilles injuries, man. Megan Rapinoe, I thought that was very hilarious, went down exactly Why is she like... even getting it fixed? What does she need? She's not playing anymore. She's got to travel the world with Greta Thunberg, tell everybody to be liberal and uh, stop mm. using gas, right? To just be gay and... <laughs> be gay and don't <laughs> use gas. Boats. Yeah, man. That's right. Ride your bike and be gay. <laughs> Save the planet. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat that meat. No, eat bugs. Suck dick. <laughs> You'll be happier. <laughs> Don't you want to be happy, Frank? Eat bugs and suck dick. That's got to be... <laughs> honestly, I want that on a bumper sticker, man. <laughs> I once was lost, then I was found. <laughs> Brought to you I by started the... started sucking dick and eating <laughs> bugs. Brought to you by the World Economic Forum. Eat bugs and <laughs> suck dick. You will suck the dick and you will be happy. (laughs) Don't worry, it will be a woman's penis. (laughs) So you won't be gay. Megan Rapinoe is one of the most prominent of the World Economic Forum young leaders. And she's a a big, uh, you know... She's the young leader? Well, I guess compared to fucking... No, the young leaders, if you Google World Economic Forum young leaders, a lot of interesting names pop up on it over the years. I believe Pete Bootygig is in there. 
Holy shit, dude. She's 30. She's your age. She looks like an older man than you. I know. It's, <laughs> her five o'clock shadow puts mine to shame. There's no doubt about oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> she, you literally, you look like a younger boy than her. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough being me. I get carded everywhere. <laughs> No, I'm getting too old to be still without the, you know, the aging stuff going on there, like the wrinkles, you know. So I got to um uh I got to do something about that. I'm going to start smoking a pack a day, drinking the whiskey, yeah. I think, you know. I don't I don't want to be doomed with the Paul Rudd scenario. Well, you know, if if the if the Korean foreskins are making these uh Hollywood actors look younger, maybe you need Korean Libya lips. Right, Libya yeah. lips. <laughs> you know, you know? I think we knew what you meant there. Yeah, Libya. <laughs> oh, God. I never realized how close that country was. Man, the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the, you know, the aging process. It strikes us all at some point, and that's why I've always been a fan of saying the guys who nail it are the ones like George Clooney, or anyone who, if you hit the old age look young, then you look the same for a long time and you almost don't age. Versus where if you're kind of doing the Paul Rudd route, you hit that 40s, 50s point, you know, you're John Stamos and you're like, oh my God, damn it, I'm going to start rapidly aging. Give me those Korean foreskins. Can somebody give me Sandra Bullock's number, please? Uh, yeah, no. It sucks for you because you're not rich. So you're going to look really good to like 50. And then I'm going to see you at 52 and be like, whoa, what oh, happened? Yeah, what happened to you, man? <laughs> sucks. I know. Eh, I mean, I'm getting that now at 35. So I think that's the better fate. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you got to yeah. uh, you got to age rapidly first and then it's graceful. <laughs> I love I love when people tell me you look like you lost weight when you haven't lost weight. Cause oh, then it's like, yeah. Because then you know they just remember you as being fatter. Wow. And then you could reverse it to them and say, no, your eyes are just fatter. <laughs> blow their mind. Totally blow their mind, man. Did my eyes get fatter? Is that a thing? I got to start working out. Do I have fat eyes? <laughs> now that you think about it, I never did an eyes day. <laughs> Been skipping eyes day my whole life, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah. So, dude, you got something on here. I'm dying to know I what it is. It would be. It's in the notes. It just says Alex Jones RFK. And you know you yeah. can't put Alex Jones out there without me. <laughs> I didn't clip it. Uh, well, because I know. know you like. Uh, you're, I, I know that you are into the third-party presidency of RFK, as am I. And I watched, it's about an 11-minute or so clip from Alex Jones' show where he kind of goes into RFK and actually openly discusses how he's going back and forth on him and how he originally was a big fan of RFK because he was saying a lot of the right stuff when it comes to the vaccines, the mandates, the COVID reactions from the government, the lockdowns. He was also saying a lot of the right stuff uh, that kind of 
uh, at one point he was saying things about reparations. And so if you're someone who wants people on the right to win, you like the idea of JFK leaning hard left with stuff like reparations because now he's going to pull votes from Biden, actually, and, and boost right people voting for Republican. And so he's kind of talking about it and discussing it, and then he starts to talk about how now, because of all these kind of wild swings with him, he, he's almost leading toward, he's leaning hard towards RFK being like a CIA asset. Wow, they killed his dad, though. Well, right, maybe that's kind of all you need. You know, you show up at the guy's door, and you're like, you know, we killed your dad. <laughs> no, fact, and that's why you go against them. You spend your whole life trying to fight them. I don't know. So I, yeah. I, I get down from time to time with the fellows over at No Agenda, and, you know, they have been from day one uh, kind of hammering home the idea that maybe he is an asset of some sort of the CIA or or of, of the three-letter agencies, probably CIA, and that he he's kind of um, in their you know, to stir up the pot and, you know, mix things up and get things funky. And, you know, whatever happens when these three-letter agencies are involved, man, it, you know, it gets muddy. And so it just kind of, I found it interesting to watch a clip of Alex Jones kind of weigh all those ideas. And mm. even he sounds like he's not totally convinced on him one way or another. Either way, right? Yeah, yeah that's why he's a weird one. <clears throat> that's that's why, why I like it. Yes, that's it's the why. the wild card, dude. It's Charlie from fucking uh... <laughs> <laughs> Always Sunny, that's dude. Right, I love man. the wild card. RFK is the wild card when even Alex Jones can't really definitively tell his viewers what he thinks about it. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of people out there who always say Alex Jones controlled opposition. Yeah. This is just a prime example of why I love Alex Jones, because if he doesn't know, he will tell you he doesn't know. Yes. But that's why it's when he's, like, so sure that the frogs are gay, you're like, oh, maybe I should listen. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those charcoal filters for my water, I think. <laughs> I just don't want my taint to shrink. That's it, yeah. Uh, so I thought you, yeah, I threw it in the new notes, <laughs> the newts. And uh, because I just knew how you felt about the RFK, I, I was familiar, or I was on the fence myself. I kept going back and forth. And then this one kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I thought, okay, you know, mm. RFK, you're right, is the wild card to everybody. We, nobody seems to know how to pinpoint what he is, who he is, and it's because of the Kennedy name. If you want to do a deep dive on Kennedy, and you can, the Kennedy name is one of those bloodline names that you could trace back through all these ancient civilizations. And, you know, it's, you know, they... They did all this stuff uh, in, in Europe, and now they're here. And you know, we're we're being controlled and ruled by ancient European bloodlines that go back to Babylonia and all that stuff. Oh, for sure, I believe that, dude. Yeah, I believe that. And so, anyone <clears throat> involved in power whatsoever in, in our modern era, or you know, throughout you know America, right? Like, look at just look at these. Dudes, the founding fathers, man. You're talking Freemasons, man. You know, Illuminati's. Like, these are, uh... This country was founded with some secret society people. And we look back on our history, 
the further we go back, everything seems more falsified. How do we know what we know is true about, you know, the founding fathers, the starting of this country, our connection to Europe, our connection to Britain? Maybe we are just an extension. You know, the War of 1812, maybe that's when we got a little testy and said, hey, we are our own country, and then the British came over and put us in our place. They did burn down the White House. They did burn it down. So, you know, we we could potentially Mm. just still be tied into this secret society bloodline group, and people up in the Vatican and over there in Buckingham Palace have just been picking our presidents who are just actors dancing in front of the screen. They all go to the same fucking schools. They all are part of the same skull and bones and whatever secret societies. And uh, only one of them smokes crack and is from Kenya. Just one of them. (laughs) It's amazing how we pulled that off. The crack smoke in Kenya. Yeah. yeah. How they snuck in the crack smoke in Kenya, nobody will ever ever figure talk out. About, talk about Roosevelt, right? <laughs> Which one? Is that Teddy? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, the victors write the history, so I think that's why you're seeing such a huge battle currently for control. You know, if, maybe if one side gets control, we'll be able to write the history books. And in the history books, the kids will see that this crack smoking Kenyan snuck into president, into the role of president, <laughs> dismantled our society for a few minutes. All right. Hey, speaking of right side of history, man, I, I got to give it to him. I know we, we, we did enough shitting on the guy that I got to give him props. Did you see Fetterman walking through that protest with the Israel flag? I did not. No, I did oh, not. Oh, no. Yeah, it kind of went a little viral. Wow, all right. That's crazy. <clears throat> there was this uh, pro-Palestine flag, uh, a, pro- a pro-Palestine protest going on, and he walked out of the office, and he was waving a small little Israeli flag. Wow. Just kind of sh- showing his support for Israel. And then, uh, <clears throat> I forgot what they said. Somebody kept yelling something at him, and then he just said, I don't know. I have brain damage. <laughs> uh-huh. That's, all right. All right. All right. I'll give it to Fetterman. You got to give it to <laughs> Right? Yeah, and I like the idea of the flag, too. It was actually a normal-sized flag, but in his ogre hands, it looked like one of those <laughs> tiny ones. All right. No, but, dude, he's actually uh, he's going against his party. He's actually really... He's actually talking out a lot about... Well, the Democratic Party took a very funky route with this whole situation, you know? And so uh, I think you're seeing the divisions in real time, man. How do you side... The the squad? Who Did anyone in the squad serve in the military? No, that's the best... No, no. And half of you came from another country because your your fucking country sucked. (laughs) That's right. Right? Yes, man. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Fetterman with the flag. That's, uh, you know. All right. You know, we got the Fetterman out there. You know, maybe he'll be a Republican someday. No, you know, we'll give you one. That's one in my book, you know. We should really just have multiple parties. It would be so much better. People would be happy. Yeah. Right? And then once in a while, we just get a goofball president in there. That's not going to happen. I don't know. I think it's. No, it always ends up bad. Look at Britain. (laughs) 
Britain, I don't you could know. could end up with a Trudeau. I don't know how so. they work in Britain, man. They always just, uh, they just go through the uh, prime ministers, right? Uh, like, a, yeah. but the, you know, and these guys show up at the commons and they yell at each other and <clears throat> then they get a new guy. Now they got that Indian guy. I guess these days I kind of miss Boris because he looked goofy, kind of like Trump. <laughs> yeah, Boris was great. Boris was great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Oh man! Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the uh, Alex Jones RFK take. Uh, you know, I time will tell. I I've been saying it for a while that Trump is the third party. That's what people don't realize. MAGA is the third party. The system can't handle it. It kind of is. Yeah, you can see it with like McConnell and all the old school Republicans. They hate him. And what we need, really, what I think would unify the party is is if we just had. Travis Kelsey quit football, run for president, <laughs> have Taylor Swift as his vice president. All oh, things no, would first be solved. lady, come on. Right? <laughs> first lady. Dude, did you see? He was at the show and they kissed after the show, man. Everyone lost their mind. Oh, no, did they? Oh, it's official, dude. Uh, oh, my God. It was huge, man. God, yeah. Dude. And she uh, even changed a lyric in one of her songs officially. Uh, oh, man. The stadium just exploded with excitement. It's actually what caused the earthquakes in Iceland. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. Dude, Iceland. Bro, <laughs> this is the end of the world. You, you know about that 536? The year 536? What's the 536? The year 536 was the year the, this, Iceland, this volcano in Iceland erupted, and it sent the whole world into a year of winter. There was famine, uh, crops failed. Wow. It, it threw us into like a mini ice age.